Welcome back. I'm Ron Alesco, and I am so excited to have these two gentlemen uh, join me right now on this program. If you've been listening to this song, this show since I started back in 1980, you've probably heard one or both of them every week on this program. Uh, they have been such an influential part of our folk community and uh, inspired so many other artists. And they have finally recorded an album together. And that's actually the name of the album. And I am so honored to have with us today, Tom Paxton and John McCutcheon. Gentlemen, welcome. I, I'm Thank so you, Rod. So glad to see both of you. Um, yeah, yeah. Through this new technology where we can actually do a radio interview and see one another when and not be in the same room. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the folks at home, they don't know. They think we are in the same room. So yeah. it, it works oh, out. Oh, sorry. I gave it away. <laughs> it's our secret. Um, well, I, I am so impressed. This album came out just a few weeks ago. And uh, I know you've been working together for quite a while. This is kind of a, a pandemic project, but you two have been friends for much longer than that. Oh, oh yeah. We've been friends a long time and respect, respectful friends. Uh, I've always res greatly respected John's work and uh, we could, would talk idly about, you know, why don't we someday? And, but uh, when the pandemic came uh, and nobody was working, and we got discovered Zoom, we were off and running. And we decided that Monday at 2 o'clock would be uh, sacrosanct reserved, except if we're traveling or something. Um, and we weren't traveling. Nobody was traveling. Then. And nobody was traveling. So we met every, every Monday at 2. And we wrote, I guess, it has to be 100 songs. Wow. Uh, at least. Yeah at least a hundred songs. And so we, we got serious about recording and, and uh, we picked 14 songs and there were a great many songs we could have picked and they will be in the competition for the next album, which we hope to do next, next summer. Right. And it's been a delightful journey. I mean, nothing that has happened in uh, in the last uh, what is it three years has uh, changed my feelings about John. They've just deepened. We've become uh, compadres, uh, and we've and, had the opportunity to to actually go out and do these shows, the, some of these songs live, which is really yeah. oh, great. really fun, a lot of fun. Well, it's it started when Mary Sue Tui wanted to do a, a serious XM thing, and I happened to be playing in the D.C. area. So we got together and we went in the studio and she just had two chairs facing one another. And we said, where are you going to sit? She said, I'm not even going to be involved in this. You guys just start talking. <laughs> and so when we did our stage show together, we just put yeah. two chairs out there and yeah. we just told stories. And Wow. Yeah, you don't have to tell us twice to start talking. <laughs> uh, are you planning on doing more shows together? And I know I've looked yes. at. Yeah. Oh, great. Absolutely. Definitely. It was. It was well, just so much fun, and you know, once we decided we could use this medium for for good and not just for evil. Um, <laughs> we both have been writing with lots of people, actually. Yeah using yeah. this, this medium, but this really introduced us to the notion, oh, we can make this happen. Yeah. Well, and I, we, we also have similar approaches to writing in that we don't overthink it. You know, we will, there, there are songs on this album that we had no idea where they were going to go when we started writing the first, you know, Letters from Joe is an example of that. It was just, an, oh, uh, how about something? Somebody finds a pack of letters. Oh, and and then we came to that, you know, I, I, I was suddenly transported to another place in time. And, and it was like, oh, we put a door there. Let's walk through that door and see what that other place in time is. So it's it's been really fun to realize that we kind of have the same approach and that we complement things from one another. And it's, it's just great fun. 
is it any... it's it's what i it's what i call serious fun yeah <laughs> but is there any difficulty i mean the two of you individually have written some songs that have become part of the fabric of our, our folk community but we're working together did, did, does it change your approach on songwriting at all i mean you said hmm. you have similar thoughts in mind but it's got to be difficult with you know having established careers like you each do to suddenly have to work together Oh, you, you get bored with yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, well, like with, you know, I grew up in northern Wisconsin, have lived most of my life in the Appalachian South, and Tom, you know, started off in Chicago and ended up in Oklahoma, so the whole Western thing is something that's not part of my experience at all. So it was like, oh, let's write a, let's write a cowboy song, or... Oh, here's a here's a lyric that I've been working on. I can't do anything with. Can you let's do a rescue operation on this? So, yeah, it was a lot of, you know, you know, you know. I never thought of that song, the campfire song. I never thought of that as a cowboy song. Um, I thought of it more as like the campfires at at uh, Kerrville. Hmm. Um, Which to a guy from northern Wisconsin and the Appalachians. Yep, yeah, it's all cowboys. All, all cowboys. cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. that's interesting <laughs> here we have the two songwriters who wrote the song and each have a little different interpretation of, oh, yeah. of course, of course. Sure. that's amazing but i writing with john for me is like falling off a log i'm writing with myself when i write with john i mean uh -huh. it's it is so much fun and well it's like when when i write with with uh, with kathy fink it's the same, the same kind of uh, uh, what the Germans call Weltanschauung. It's a, we we just have the same kind of worldview. Mm -hmm. It it still work. And in fact, you have a yeah. song. I think I'd like to to play right now. Uh, yeah. So we can give our listeners a sample. It, it's called "Do the Work." Um, yeah. How did this one come to be? I think this was John. Uh, well, we were talking about um, about just writing in general. Yeah. And that, and that, um, it's really a lot of work. You, yeah, you might get a little fairy dust sprinkling here and there, or a great hook, or whatever. Right. And there's and there's writers out there that you can tell they just got you know they lost interest as the song went along, they or they just didn't do the work, and and then it was like oh do the work, do the work. We're we're off and running again. You got the notion, you got the knack. You're headed for the top, and you never look back. There is just one thing that you lack. Do the work, just do the work. You got a hook, you sure can lose. And you spend all your day just according to the muse. But there ain't no fire if there ain't no fuse. No, no. Do the work, just do the work. Like a carpenter Sanding on wood It takes time and sweat To make anything that's good And maybe you don't want to But you know you should Do the work Just do the work there's a David inside the stone But it can't come on out all on its own No, you gotta work your fingers to the bone And do the work Just do the work 
just like a carpenter sanding on wood it takes time and sweat to make anything good and maybe you don't want to but you know you should do the work just do Let's do the work. Tom Paxton and John McCutcheon from their new album together. And they are together with us today. And, you know, as I, I, I listened to that, it's, it's obviously great advice for the young songwriters coming up. And, and I know you both have been working with a lot of other people and Tom, especially I, I in the last couple of years, there's been albums from Buffalo Rose. See, uh, Daniel Bowling just released an album of the songs you wrote together. You mentioned Kathy Fink and Marcy Marks are also Jackson Emmer, and uh, I understand you also worked with Louise Mosry-Coom uh, as well. Yes. There's probably a lot more out there. What inspired you to, to do all this work with others all of a sudden? It, it, at least it seems all of a sudden to those of us who have well, followed you. I had done some co-writing over, over my career. I wrote a few songs with Bob Gibson that I enjoyed. I right. uh, wrote a few songs with Shel Silverstein that they, they didn't, we were just getting started uh, when he died. Uh, so th they weren't really good songs. Um, and, and I, I think Jackson Emmer, by the way, is, is, he's going to be a big contributor. He's got a, a great deal of talent and Louise, I, uh, Louise's voice just kills me. <laughs> um, she reminds me of, of, of some singers of French, that I've heard. Uh, she got a little bit of pee off in her voice. Yeah. And and she wrote a song called The Last Train Before the War. It was a very, it, it had that chanson uh, feel to it. So I was attracted to her writing. And she's 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 a beautiful woman. She she partners with Cliff Everhart. And uh, I'm I'm very fond of her. She's we're good friends now. And she has she has that continental she i mean she's not continental but she has a certain sensibility to her that that i lack and that that i that i'm attracted to and so i like writing with louise and we have we've written a bunch of songs now and and she's going to be recording some of them jackson i say is 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 on his way and writing with with um Kathy Fink uh, is once again no trouble at all. I just, we we just share the same worldview, um, the same the same political view, um, and we both uh, love children and and that that childlike sensibility of of bold questions uh, that 
that put the the the, the grown-ups um, um, scrambling. But the main basic answer to that question is that I just love writing songs, mm-hmm. uh, and I love songwriters. We 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 all share the same frustrations, the same. Uh, inability at times to get it right mm. you know and and that's where the sweat comes you know when you're almost there but not there so i do it a lot because i love it a lot and and i found out years ago that wow i can actually do this this is something i can actually do I started. Well, I started out wanting to be an actor. I have a degree in drama from the University of Oklahoma. I'm a very good amateur actor, and not professional at all. But it was an easy realization. I said, "This is what I want to do more than I want to act." And as I say, I started out wanting to be an actor, but I, I, uh, I decided to do the safe thing and go for the security of folk music. <laughs> well, we're glad you did. And we're glad, John, you were listening to, to Tom. Uh, and there's a 15 year age difference between the two of you. But I understand, John, you kind of grew up listening uh, to, to, to Tom when you came of age in the folk revival. Well, I, I, I did. I was uh, as I I was from Nor- I grew up in northern Wisconsin, which was a long bus ride from Greenwich Village. So I really had no contact with the daily zeitgeist of of what was going on at that time but i got my sing out magazine and and i started buying lps when i was about 13 years old and discovered this whole world that just felt like it was about participation rather than performance i mean even my even my um introduction to folk music was my mom making me watch the march on washington that was music in service of a greater thing. And that was what drew me to it. And a lot of the stuff that Tom was writing at that time was, um, you know, fed right into that, whether it was the topical stuff or the stuff that got a whole room of people singing. I mean, I remember the March on Washington, Peter, Paul and Mary doing If I Had a Hammer and the, the cameras panning the crowd and everybody was singing. It was, just so moving to me um and that magic of songwriting i i mean i started off writing songs as soon as i got my first guitar and i i have i just got a a cd of a cassette tape that my best friend from high school made of me singing some of my early songs and i have to find a place to destroy this (laughs) (laughs) because it never leaks out it was oh my god but, you know, about the writing, one of the things that's really great is if you find that you have a simpatico with someone, both artistically and personally, it's a way to, you know, in that lonely time of the pandemic, to become better friends with someone yeah. was, really, was really a gift. And, and like Tom, I took what I learned from, uh, you know, how to be a good writer, a good co-writer. And started writing with people who whose music interested me or who, who did things that I didn't do that I thought, well, that isn't that interesting. And, and, and Tom, of course, is a great mentor. And that's, and, you know, he he's writing with lots of younger people. Of course, everybody is younger than Tom. So. <laughs> um, and, and, and that what a great thing thing i mean for me i'm 15 years his junior and and you know we've been friends for years but every now and again i'll, I'll just turn to my wife carmen and say i'm writing with tom paxton <laughs> <laughs> good? Uh, well we're glad you yeah. both are writing together because uh, you, you put out a wonderful album here and there, there's a song which i, I guess is, is about something that happened to you tom but this is a co-write and i guess it's something that you each probably learn something about it's a song called complete and i understand this is this is obviously a true story right oh yeah it is uh much to my joy the the, 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 
the engineer for a couple albums I did in Nashville called me and said that uh, he'd been doing the, the album with Johnny Cash for the producer Rick Rubin. Johnny was doing um, a simple albums to finish his career uh, and with just himself and the guitar. And they did a few elaborations later on, but it was really just Johnny and the guitar. And that he said, and he recorded some of your songs. And I said, wow. And that's the last I knew of it. And then uh, uh, one of these albums came out and it had, I can't help but wonder where I'm bound on it. And of course I was thrilled. It was a wonderful recording. I mean, when you, you sit there and you hear, and I can't help but wonder where <laughs> I'm, that'll do it. Boy, that's your bucket list right there. And uh, so uh, we did, we decided, or I decided to start a song about about that whole experience and about uh, getting a CD in the mail and putting it on and the outcomes my song and uh, just kind of how I felt about it all. And uh, we co-wrote the song, but, but obviously that was one where I was uh, the lead. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't, I very, very, very seldom write as Tom Paxton. I uh, use the first person all the time, mm -hmm. but it's not almost never myself. Uh, but this, in this case, it was. And so uh, it was a pleasure to write that song and record it. And I'm just sorry that Johnny couldn't hear it. You know? Well, and, and it's an interesting thing because I was just, I just watched a documentary about Johnny Cash the other night. And, and like Tom, I'd met him a number of times. Um, and I used to live in Carter family country in Southwest Virginia. So he would come there and I would see him and visit him there. Um, but Trent Reznor talking about the song Hurt, which is just uh, number one for Rick Rubin to convince Johnny Cash to record a Nine Inch Nails song. And I thought, okay, I've seen the Johnny Cash video of this. I want to see the Nine Inch Nails video of this. It's just a totally different song. But Trent Reznor now says, it's not my song anymore. There are those times when somebody does a song that you've written where you just say, okay. Yeah. And I mean, Otis Redding must have felt that way about respect. <laughs> you know, the little girl done stole my song is what he reported <laughs> to have said. Let's let's take a listen now to complete uh, the story of Tom Paxton and Johnny Cash recording one of his songs from the new album Together. It came in the mail yesterday. It was addressed to me. And there inside the package was a Johnny Cash CD. Didn't read the titles, I just put it in the tray. When I pushed the button, a song began to play. And there in my own living room, I heard him sing my song. Here's a moment I'll be remembering my whole life long. It sounded like he wrote it So powerful and sweet I'd known that it was finished But now it felt complete I remember when I wrote it So many years ago I thought it was worth singing But you never really know I remember putting down my pen and calling it a day I never could imagine how my song would find its way There are no guarantees, my friend, no matter how you try You do the work, you give them wings and hope that 
they might fly So tomorrow I'll sit down again Do what I have done I'll put my pen to paper And I'll let it have its fun I'm grateful to the man in black As thankful as can be He took my song into his heart And he gave it back to me And I can't help but wonder Where I'm bound, where I'm bound Can't help but wonder where I'm bound Tom Paxton and John McCutcheon and a song called Complete from their new album together called together and uh well it's a tongue twister when i think about it uh, but i i uh, we, we have both uh, tom and john with us today and and john you were you're were talking before about uh and, and and obviously the song is about somebody recording one of your songs uh one of tom's songs but john you a number of your songs have also been recorded others and i want to ask you both how does it feel as a songwriter? You know, it's kind of like you said, what Trent Razor said, it's not yours anymore. Do you feel still that ownership when you hear somebody recording one of your songs? Well, oh, I do. I do. Uh, it, it's a it's a great compliment, especially if they do a good job, because yeah. sometimes, sometimes they don't. Um, and, and, you know, yeah, you own the copyright. You have the little circled C. But at the same time, you do these songs and you send them out the door on their little cultish legs. And you say, go out and do your work now. Let's see where it goes. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I've had songs that I, very personal songs that all of a sudden, you know, there's a song I wrote for my, when my youngest son was born called Water From Another Time. And it was taken over by environmental groups uh, or, you know, topical songs that you write will will have new life uh, in a, another kind of venue. So I love it when people do it. We, I mean, songwriters can't be everywhere they need to be. That's why they write songs. And hopefully, yeah. hopefully that, you know, last thing on my mind, come on. <laughs> you know, you never have to write another song in your life, <laughs> but he did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and some songs that Tom, I know a lot of people say, Oh, that's a traditional song, but no, it's, it's a Tom yeah. Paxton song. I was in Adelaide, Australia playing a folk club. And uh, during the break, a couple of lovely young college age women came over to the table and asked if they could sing something for me. And I said, sure. And they sang me a verse and chorus of the last thing on my mind in Croatian. Wow. And I, I said to myself, you know, oh, little song, you do get around, don't you? My <laughs> goodness gracious. So uh, you can't put a price on that kind of happiness, uh, that that kind of satisfaction. Um, and now uh, Dolly Parton has recorded it again. It was her first hit with Porter Wagner, but she has done a, a, a solo version of it for a, a tribute album to Doc Watson on what would have been his 100th birthday. And I just found out a week ago that 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 performance has got a Grammy nomination for oh. country country solo vocal, and I'm just thrilled to pieces about that. Well, you know, Ron, you talk about songs that become so much a part of the vocabulary that people think they're traditional songs. What a great compliment that is! Yeah, I mean, here we yeah. are in this in this field that was built upon the architecture of traditional music. Where I mean, somebody yeah. wrote Barbara Allen. Nobody knows who did it, but um, I mean, look at somebody like Gene Ritchie, who oh. was who was my first songwriting hero. Yep. Who, who was such a good songwriter that most people don't know that she wrote songs. Yeah. Uh, that are so 
you know, marinated in a tradition that that they become, you know, just it's just a song. It passes yeah. the gauntlet that few modern songs could could ever pass, you know, without a recording, without a video, without being given the weight of recognition because, oh, this is a Bruce Springsteen song. So you listen to it with a different ear. You know, no, you just yeah. hear the song and you say, I want to learn that. I want to sing that song. It's a folk song. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're at that time of year where, uh, I know, John, your song Christmas in the Trenches gets played all over the world. Um, on the new album, you also have a Christmas song called Christmas in the Desert. Um do I see a theme going on here? Are you going to do a holiday oh, album? Or? I'm starting a franchise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Next year it's going to be Christmas in Tahiti, and then. Yeah. <laughs> but well, you will have to go there to yeah, write it. We'll, we'll, we'll do the Tahitian tour. It, yeah, it could be yeah. a business expense if you're writing writing it off, right? Yeah. Well, 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 Christmas in the Desert. I think it's just a lovely song. How, how did this one evolve? Well, we I don't remember. Well, we were in a jag of writing. It was that time of year, and we were in a jag of writing Christmas songs. Um, I'm sort. Of, I'm sort of the keeper of the of the demos. Um, so I listen to all this stuff while I'm walking my dog at night. Um, and this was just again. It was. I think Tom came up with the line two hours out of Flagstaff," and it was. Oh, how about on a cold December night? And then it's like, well, let's, you know, when I, when I do my songwriting camps, I always tell the writers, I say, okay, you have a line, maybe you've created a scene, watch the movie now, look around the room, describe what you see. So we were two hours out of Flagstaff on a cold December night, you know, boom. Uh, and it's, it's kind of a retelling of the nativity scene in in the 19 i don't know 70s or something yeah well i'd like to play that right now so since the holidays upon us and i think this is just a lovely cinematic song here's christmas in the desert tom paxton and john mccutcheon I was two hours out of Flagstaff on a cold December night Saw him on the shoulder, pulled off to the right I saw the broken axle, they're going nowhere soon Shivering in the shadows as the snow clouds cross the moon Young men looked defeated, the poor girl just looked scared he was trying to start a fire, but the wind would not play fair. As I helped them gather miski, a bitter wind come through. She pulled her sweater closer, I could see that she was due. It was Christmas in the desert, waiting for birth. Hoping for the angels and some sign of peace on earth. Life is gonna find you no matter where you are Like Christmas in the desert Beneath one shining star Oh, she cried and doubled over It was clear her time had come no hospital for miles So we did what must be done In the cab of my old pickup The closest thing to clean The baby did what babies do The damnedest thing I've seen It was Christmas in the desert Waiting for birth Hoping for the angels And some sign of peace on earth Life is gonna find you no matter where you are Like Christmas in the desert 
beneath one shining star I got him into Flagstaff, dropped him at the ER door. This Christmas just felt better than all the ones before. Two kids out on the highway, out of money, out of luck. The miracle they got was just me and my old truck. It was Christmas in the desert, waiting for a bird. Hoping for the angels and some sign of peace on earth Life is gonna find you no matter where you are Like Christmas in the desert Beneath one shining star Christmas in the Desert, Tom Paxton and John McCutcheon from their new album, Together. And they are together with us today. And we're, we're talking about this album and so many songs. There's 14 here. And you, as you mentioned earlier, you, you probably wrote well over 100. And hopefully next year we'll, we'll be seeing uh, volume two. Together again. <laughs> <laughs> together again. There, there are a couple of political songs on here. In fact, <clears throat> the song Ukrainian Now, which we played last year when you, when you released it, and I know Tom, you, you've always talked about short shelf life songs. Uh, and, yeah, and that one I was hoping would be a short shelf life, and here we are, still, still playing and still important. Um, yeah. But was there a decision when you were creating the album? What the fourteen songs you chose? How you were going to approach it? Were you going to do more love songs, political songs, or how did it? How did the whole album come to be? Oh, that's easy. That's easy. What what are the good songs? What are the best songs? Ne never mind what they're about or or, or or what what songs move us. The Ukrainian now moved us, uh, moved it as we wrote it. And the only thing that counts with me is 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 this a good song? Uh, and approaching the question from a different direction, what? what gets my blood moving these days, you know, um, and certainly Ukrainian now got my blood moving. I just don't ever want to limit myself. Uh, my, my heroes were the weavers. They sang, they sang what they thought they, and they picked good songs to do it. They didn't sing any clunkers at all. Uh, <laughs> So it's not enough to write a song that people agree with. That's the kind of stuff for rallies and that, you know, song once or twice and forgotten. I thought that I was going to sing Whose Garden Was This once or twice. And I'm still singing it because it's a good song. Yeah. And, and one of the things about this album, coincidentally, is that it combines some of the things that we share in our writing. Uh, we, 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 we do like to write funny stuff. And it, writing funny stuff is, is harder, is more difficult than writing serious stuff. There's some topical stuff here. There's some historical stuff here. And, and it, was, it was, I don't know if it was a, a, an entire coincidence that all these came together, but... Tom's right. We just decided what are the best songs and how do they fit together? Because hopefully an album, that anachronistic thing these days, tells a story that's greater than the sum of his parts. And whereas you don't, I don't think that any of the songs here are identifiable as either a John McCutcheon song or either a Tom Paxa song. Our fingerprints yeah. all over all these songs. And they're... Yeah. 
They're McPaxton songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, yeah, you, you both are tremendous storytellers. And there's one very moving piece on here called Letters from Joe. Mm. Is, is this based on a true story or? No. Just, no? Okay. No. Uh, as a matter of fact, the song evolved as we wrote it. We didn't write a song that we knew before we wrote it. We found it as we wrote it. And we certainly didn't, with the first couple lines of the song, I was at my brother Charlie's house helping like you do. We were knocking down a bedroom wall, making one room out of two. We had no idea that we were going to wind up in Normandy in World War II. We had no idea. That kind of came to us as we wrote. Which is, you know, why I think more people should write songs because it's the discoveries that you make can be so exciting and and satisfying. Yeah, it's it's not like there's one way to write a song. No. Um, and if you've done it long enough, as we both have. All of a sudden, one of my favorite quotes from Billy Collins is, when suddenly your pen becomes a flashlight rather than merely a dictation device. Ah. And that's kind of where we are in our writing. And to find somebody else in exactly the same place. I mean, I write with a lot of different people and nobody writes like Tom. And it, yeah, it's um, we're finishing one another's sentences and we're able to write, get what Annie Lamott calls the first draft uh, down pretty quickly. You know, you, you mentioned about people writing songs. I mean, it's pretty daunting when you hear the two masters like yourselves creating this and then for somebody else to sit down. But you, you both spend a lot of time teaching others uh, the, the craft. And you know what? Before we talk about that, I want to play letters from Joe. This is a, a little different because it's all done a cappella uh, on this on this album. So let's take a listen now. Letters from Joe, Tom Paxton, and John McCutcheon. I was at my brother Charlie's house helping like you do. We were taking out a bedroom wall, making one room out of two. Charlie had to go to work, leaving me there again. When there among the studs I found a small box made of tin. Inside I found some letters tied up with a silver bow. Each one began, my darling, and was signed, I love you, Joe. The paper was GI issue, but the penmanship sublime. I found myself transported to another place and time. The letters start in 43, when he shipped overseas. They reached her nearly every day till they ended in Normandy. You're with me all the time, he wrote. I miss you every night. It's you who gives me courage when I go into the fight. I have to stop for now, though it's just too dark to write. I'll pick it up tomorrow when I've got some better light. I'm writing after breakfast now, we're moving out at nine. I'll write some more this evening. But that was his final line. I thought of all the letters that never made it home, and of those who waited for them, those who lived their lives alone, who gathered up their memories and all they could recall to tie them with a silver bow and drop them behind a wall. I wonder who this darling was and if she's still alive. I hold these precious pages that clearly did survive. And somewhere in the soil of France, midst crosses in a row, waiting for their reunion, lies a gentle boy named Joe. And that was Letters from Joe, Tom Paxton and John McCutcheon co-wrote the song. It's on their album Together, a beautiful uh, acapella version sung by, by Tom. 
And Tom Paxton and John McCutcheon are with us today. And before we were just touching on songwriting and teaching others, it's something that the two of you spend a lot of time doing. Are you encouraged? I mean, obviously, Tom, you were talking before about some of the people you've worked with, but you know, you both uh, have been around for decades now. Uh, are yeah. you encouraged with where we're heading with songwriting? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Um, I mentioned earlier Jackson Emmer. I think he's a really coming writer. And what's your name? I'm I'm embarrassing myself Louise here. Louise uh, Coombe? Oh, no, that... Oh. I know her. She's also wonderful. <laughs> but there is a young woman from Portland. Come on, Brain. Oh, uh, Sienna. Sienna, Sienna Christie, Sienna Christie, Christie, Sienna yes. Christie. She, she's going to kill me when she hears me stumbling. Me, <laughs> but, but um, I think she's she's a real find. Yeah, and Plus she, is, that, yeah, and we have both had her in our songwriting workshop. Yeah, and she's living in Asheville now. You know. Oh, is she? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, recently moved there. That, Good place to live. Good place to live for a, for a songwriter, I think. Uh, I say that because I, songwriters need to be around other songwriters. And w when I was younger, I was with them all the time. I mean, I was banging elbows with Phil Oaks every night, you know, and, and I knew Dylan. And so, you know, we always talked about songwriting, sang songs for one another. So I'm glad to hear you know, Portland's a good place as well, but I'm glad to hear that Sienna's in 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 uh, Asheville. The people in Buff Buffalo Buffalo Rose, uh, they're they're terrific writers, and and I love writing with them. And there are uh, there are other young writers who are serious and and working hard at it. Dan Bowling is is he's not a young guy. He's uh, uh, retired forest ranger and we we had a lot of fun doing uh, songs for his album but i i'm encouraged i think that people are writing songs now uh, for the sake of writing the songs they, they're not trying to do nothing but hit writing that i don't have anything at all against uh, hit songwriters, Nashville, you know, gunslingers. I, I, I can see that it can be a lot of fun. I'm sure to <clears throat> write songs uh, for the market and see see them hit now and then, and you know, make some serious money. That 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 can be fun, but artistically, it doesn't interest me. Uh, yeah, I, I I see. I'm not putting it down, but it is not for me. If if I knew how to do that, maybe it would be for me, but I don't. Um, yeah, yeah. I came at it from a really different place, and 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 as I approached elderhood, and nothing thrust me into elderhood any faster than Pete's death. Um, yeah, and I realized some, somehow for the first time in my life I was going to live in a world without him, mm. and, and he was such an intentional mentor. But people ask me all the time because they know I started off being interested in the music when, you know, back in the, in the, in the time that with Tom was starting, you would say, who are the great hot pickers? And you'd go, well, uh, Doc Watson and Bill Monroe, and then you couldn't think of anybody. Or who are the incredible voices? And you could name a small handful. Who are the great writers? Again, a small handful. And today, you know, I don't look at the health of the folk music world in terms of who's selling the most CDs, no. uh, who's filling up the biggest halls. It's that there are ordinary people who will never get on a stage who are writing songs, who yeah. are, you know, who are taking, they're going to community dances and they're singing for their friends or their unions or their or, or their fa families. Um, and there are more great players and gr really good writers and incredible singers now than there ever were during the yeah. of the folk music revival. And, and especially in this kind of music, which is the root of all the world's music. Yeah. I don't think it's ever been healthier. I'm right. so 
I'm so yeah. thrilled by it. And you'll never hear most of these people on the radio because that's not their intention. Well, I don't know about that because, you know, I think one of the things we have an advantage is the technology has changed. People are able to record in home and I, I'm getting so many wonderful recordings from from new artists. Um, so we're, we're kind of lucky that, as you said, you know, there are some great voices out there, great songs and and they deserve to be heard. And as long as we have inspirations like you two guys, I think it's going yeah. to happen. Well, I don't I don't know, John, whether you I've ever given you my definition of folk music. I know back. Back in the '60s, uh, you could practically get in a fist fight oh, uh, about you know what is a folk song, what are what are folk, what's folk music, and uh, uh, this is what I think folk music. Is. Folk music is made music made primarily by people who do something else for a living, and. Uh, that's why it's seldom on the hit parade. It doesn't follow formulas that that uh, smart guys in uh, Gucci loafers uh, have decided is is what the thing is right now. Um, and I'm happy with that. I like people who make up a song, maybe one or two songs, maybe a lot of songs, but they pick up the guitar because it's a way for them to speak um, to, to one another. And they love to hear these songs and the, maybe make one or two of themselves. God bless them. Um, oh, and, and, and yeah, the, I mean, I remember having a woman, an elderly woman at one of my songwriting camps who, who, whose job was to write songs about everybody and their, her family. Wow, I, uh, oh, wonderful. That's, that's it. That's it. You're the songwriter laureate of your family. And when your grandchildren want to know about Uncle Stubby, uh, they're going to know about him because grandmother wrote a song about him. I mean, yeah, yeah. it doesn't get better than that. No, it doesn't. That's wonderful. Uncle Stubby, I love that. <laughs> I had an Uncle Stubby. Did you really? <laughs> you want to hear a couple songs about it? <laughs> was that his real name or I, was there a story behind oh, it? <laughs> we shouldn't go there <laughs> it's, it's a long story okay we'll save that for next time well i, I want to play another song because this is one we touched on earlier and i think john you had one interpretation of it tom had another it's called this campfire do you remember when you you started to write this song together this was early yeah this was an early song. Tom, if I'm remembering it correctly, Tom, I think you came in with a, a particular melody. Yeah. Uh, and we kind of, and mostly we start with lyrics. So this was different and it just felt, you know, I wanted to, I, I wanted to write a cowboy song. I didn't know that Tom didn't think this was a cowboy song. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it, it was like, it was like a scene from Blazing Saddles with guitars instead of beans. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect description. But you know, when we went into the studio, we to, to arrange this, we decided to imagine what instruments would actually be at a campfire. So the John Carroll, the piano player, played the accordion, and Stuart yeah. Duncan, the fiddle player, said, well, I wouldn't have a fiddle out up there. I'd have a mandolin. And we had Charlie McCoy on the harmonica because the harmonica is the ubiquitous campfire thing. And at sure. one point, the engineer said, John, your your guitar sounds too good. You wouldn't <laughs> have that good sounding. So he handed me an old silver tone guitar. And that's <laughs> what I played in it. So it was, uh, it was all sort of a DIY uh, campfire. <laughs> Well, let's gather around that campfire now. Here is this campfire, Tom Paxton and John McCutcheon. You're welcome around the fire. Come on, we're making room. Take a seat beside me, I hope you have a tune We're passing round the bottle and this battered old guitar 
Everything sounds sweeter beneath this prairie star. Tell us where you come from, tell us where you've been. Tell us if you ever plan to pass this way again. Don't matter if it's actual or even if it's true. Just give us a good story and you know that that'll do. Sing us a song you've known forever Or a story that we've heard again and again It takes more than a fire to keep a body warm Take us back to you can't remember when Over there's a guy named Utah He'll sing his songs about Joe Hill When Rosie sings you tell your heart out Always has and always will We only sing the songs we love It's what we always do This guitar will make its way around Till it gets to you Sing us a song you've known forever Or a story that we've heard again and again It takes more than a fire to keep a body warm Take us back to you can't remember when So sing us something funny, or sing us something sad. Sing us all the good times and the hard luck that you had. Nights out on the prairie, feeling lost and all alone. But you know around this campfire, you finally made it home. Sing us a song you've known forever Or a story that we've heard again and again It takes more than a fire to keep a body warm Take us back to you can't remember when It takes more than a fire to keep a body warm Take us back to you can't remember when This is WFDU-FM and HD1 Teaneck. I'm Ronald Lesko, and you're listening to Traditions. And we just heard... This Campfire from the new album Together from John McCutcheon and Tom Paxton, who are with us today. I want to thank both of you. I, I know you've been so gracious with your time and and, and chatting about your songwriting and, and your, your views of the whole craft. Um, I, I, I can't thank you both enough for, for doing this and and for creating this album. And I'm I'm looking forward to volume two and probably volume three and four, the way things are looking, right? Um, oh, it was just, it was so much fun to do the album and see these songs sort of grow into what, what they became. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, I want to thank John for all the work he did on the production of this album. I mean, he was phenomenal, the work that he did. And I just sat there and waited for my cue to sing. This was a this was a work of joy mm. for me. Oh, and I loved I love listening to it, and I particularly I love the chorus on uh, this campfire. I think it's one of the best choruses either one of us has ever written. 
Well, it was uh, uh, Tom, as long as we're in the mutual admiration society here, <laughs> it was a joy to, to listen to. Uh, I felt a little bit like Rick Rubin um, sitting in the control room and hearing you deliver a, a, a song like Together or or Letters from Joe and just be knocked out by the honesty and the and the worldliness and the world weariness of, of <laughs> the vocals. I mean, it was just astonishing. I remember the engineer turning to me, say, another cut. And I said, not on your life. <laughs> I don't want to mess with that at all. So it was, it was everything I could have hoped for. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Well, there's so many great songs on this album, 14 of them. Some of them, uh, well, one of them I really love. I can't really play on the radio because the FCC has these strange rules about certain words, but uh, there's a lot of humor on, on this album as well. And folks, if you keep listening in the weeks to come, you'll uh, you'll hear more. And of course, if you go to um, John's website, folkmusic.com, which is a beautiful website to get to to get that, that that domain but you'll you'll be able to find a copy of this and uh, and lyric sheets and and much more and also your busy touring schedule i took a look at that i i thought you were cutting back john you look like you're uh, keeping quite oh, busy stretched out over the year and i'm still making up stuff that was canceled and uh, we're almost caught up and and tom your your website is tompaxton.com what what are your plans i mean i remember a few years ago you were retiring and here you are still going full blast it looks like i'm never going to retire uh so let's get that out of the way i mean i'm doing less but why in the world would i retire if i can still play the guitar and sing a song and write a song eh, what else am i going to do i mean i watch enough football as it is um, uh, I love doing this and I love writing with John and, and my other co-writers and I can't imagine stopping. Yeah. I'm just going to do far, far less traveling than I've done and high time for that. That's the best news I've heard all day that you're, you're not going to retire. You're going to continue no. to write and you're going to continue to work with so many young artists, the two of you. It's, it's just been fun. I want to thank you both for being here today. Tom Paxson, John McCutcheon. The new album is Together, and uh, we're going to go out with a title cut. Uh, would one of or both of you like to be a DJ and introduce this one for our audience? John, go for it. Um, well, one of the advantages of being older is that you've had time to love a long time. And I think there's a, there's a place in in our culture now where you need long time love songs. And this was, this was one of those. Um, and it was, I, again, this was one of them. I was, I was sitting in the control room listening to Tom sing this and going, okay, we're not going to do anything else with that. In fact, the fiddle player, Stuart Duncan, put a fiddle part on this. And, and he's, he came up to me afterwards. I don't know if you were there, Tom. He said, listen, if I will do this session, for no charge, as long as you give me a writing credit so I can play that song for my wife and say I had some. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we took him out of the whole song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, business is such a... John McCutcheon, Tom Paxson, thank you both so much for being here today. And uh, we look forward to many more great songs to come. Well, thanks, thanks Ron. So much. Thanks for thank all you, the Ron. Uh, getting the music out there. My pleasure. It's great when there's songs like this together, Tom Paxton and John McCutcheon. Who'd have thunk it, you and I? Can't explain it, don't know why. Counting all the years gone by Together Two old lovers in two old chairs Not too fond of flights of stairs Still we've handled all our cares Together Forever was the vow we made so long ago and now with more than just a little smile we say 
we told you so The early days were kind of tough Even when things felt too rough We knew that we were each enough Together Here we are still holding hands Young folks just don't understand This is what we always planned Together Forever was the vow we made so long ago And now with more than just a little smile We say we told you so Just a little more But no one knows what lies in store I know we can't go through that door Together So each night before I go to sleep I feel the love so long, so deep For we have promises to keep Together Forever was the vow we made so long ago And now with more than just a little smile we say Forever was the vow we made so long ago And now with more than just a little smile we say We told you so